Nobody can upset you like your kids. While it can be argued that idiot drivers on the roadways might come close, parental rage is definitely setting the bar high. And it's because, gosh, we do so much for our kids, bend over backwards, give them every sacrifice, and try and put in place a childhood that we didn't have. At least, that's what I've tried to do. So when they turn out to be jerks, when they're rude and disrespectful, that's where I have to draw the line. Because I'm not trying to raise an MVP or a Nobel Prize winner. Just somebody who's nice, stays out of trouble. That's enough to make me proud, and that's why I'm sure the parents of Gretchen Wilson and Michael Cohen cringed a little bit this morning. But we'll get to that while we talk about phone books, jail time, and kingmaking as we get jacked up for some joshing around. It's easy for kids to get started down the wrong path at an early age without their parents even noticing. I don't know what it is these days that leads them astray, but in my day, it all started with cigarettes. And you could be 10, 12, maybe 15. I was 17 when I first put the devil's dick in my mouth. And there it sat for several years. In fact, I didn't quit until about five years ago when a very wise man talked to me late one night. We were drinking and smoking and smoking and drinking. And that's when he looked at me and said, why do you, why do, you do this? Why do you smoke cigarettes? Well, I didn't have a very good answer, except I'd just done it for so long. Well, they don't get you high. You like to get high, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. But cigarettes don't do that. Yet you're their slave. And this made so much sense to me that I did put them down and focused on things that get me much higher indeed. And that's why it was sad the other day when I was wearing my new women's cowboy boots to see that same man who had quit right along the same time I did based on that rationale. Still there licking on that tip. Sorry about that, buddy. My daughter had a friend we were afraid might become that bad influence. And while that wasn't the reason we didn't send her to the next grade up, it was an added benefit. However, the girl that was supposed to be in a whole new school a town away has become a bit of a stalker to our daughter. At least that's how it seems from a distance. It all began with text messages, one after another after another. But then, when those weren't responded to in an appropriate time or manner, the little girl started to send letters and wait outside the bike rack at a school she doesn't even attend to pass on notes that say, I know your parents don't want us together. That's why we have to keep these notes a secret. Whoa, wait there, Juliet. You might need to chill. That's a Shakespearean reference, not the girl's name in case you were wondering. But as parents, we don't know what to do. We've talked to other people in the community who have had problems with this little stalker too. It might just be something kids do. But then again, it could be so much more. I wouldn't go so far as to say I was a jerk when I was a little kid, but I was quite the little stalker, if I remember correctly. I would grab the phone and sit with the yellow pages in my lap, looking up the last names of pretty much every kid in my grade. I'd call and ask to talk. Hey, how you doing? Are you busy? Want to chat? No? Okay. Have a good night. See you tomorrow. And there I'd go, cold calling another would-be friend. <laughs> the yellow pages really was the original social media. <laughs> social media 1.0. Did you know that you could buy ads and accoutrements for your personal phone number in the white pages, pretty much calling out to anybody who sees, please call, I'm available. I mentioned yesterday, I was thinking about getting back into advertising and that started me on a little job hunt, but actually not needing the work. Let's call it a career safari, but I am scared because I haven't searched for a job since 2008 
And that was before social media was such a force. And with LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, I'm afraid I might have too much access to hiring managers that I might come across as being a little over-eager, you know, stalkerish. And that's not the way I want to appear. Whether you're looking for a date or a job, it's not a good look to seem too eager as our president may be finding out right now, because he certainly was eager to accept that position, but now it seems he might have been overreaching. For a while, I used to want to be the president, but now that I see all the ways it can go wrong for an unscrupulous businessman like myself, maybe I'll go another direction with this fake internet radio thing. But with that in mind, with people actually going to jail now from the Trump administration, with real verdicts and indictments... I'm wondering if it's finally time our wives and girlfriends let us sleep with them again. That's not to say some women aren't out to make America great again, as country singer Gretchen Wilson proved by getting arrested in Connecticut after disturbing the peace on an airplane. It's alleged that she was all jacked up on the plane, just being a general redneck woman. Now, while Gretchen Wilson does keep her Christmas lights up on her front porch all year long, she also knows the words to every Tanya Tucker song. So... I'm kind of on the fence on whether we should judge her or not. Tanya Tucker holds a special place in my heart because she once performed a show at the Holiday Inn on the beach in my hometown, and after the show, she wanted to ride horses along the shore. The owner of the Holiday Inn asked his wife if she knew anyone who could help, and that's when they rang my mom and asked if she could bring a couple horses to the Holiday Inn to ride on the beach with Tanya Tucker. So a short while later, mom pulled up with Wrangler and Mr. Bojangles and a ride in her and Tanya Tucker did go. One of Tanya Tucker's biggest hits, debuting in 1988 and peaking at number two on the Billboard charts, is a song called Highway Robbery, where Miss Tucker's pulled over by an officer for speeding. And when the officer gets to her window, she says, you have to let me go. I'm chasing a man who just committed a crime. It was highway robbery. He grabbed my heart and took off on the run. She says, it was highway robbery. He ought to do time in my arms for what he's done. And if that man was tracked down and arrested for stealing Tanya Tucker's heart and then charged and sentenced for highway robbery in the matter, he'd probably be getting out 30 years later or right about now. So he wouldn't be participating in the national prisoner strike that started on August 21st and continues through September 9th, where prisoners have issued a list of 10 demands, a few among them fair wages for any labor performed, reinstatement of their voting rights once they've served their time, and the abolishment of life sentences without paroles, because these things are just inhumane, let alone the crimes that got them there. But I don't want to argue that. The fair point is that wardens have come back with another list of 10 and that's the commandments. Ooh, uh, rim shot. But in reality, where I draw the line is the prison industrial complex. We house more inmates in America than any other country in the world, though we're by far not the most populous. And it's because we've incentivized getting more prisoners in, just like heads in beds at hotels. And when there's an incentive, well, what's to keep us from locking up just anybody? I understand the need for efficiency, and the government proved to be no better at the business of incarceration either. But running the government like a business is what leads to those no-bid whisper deals that happen in the back of smoky, scotch-filled banquet rooms, and those don't benefit the whole. Now, I like to keep all of my money, too, 
But deep down, I know that with a bleeding heart is the right way to lead, because in reality, what some call waste and bloat is truly caring and compassion. I saw it said that this country used to tax the rich an equal share, and back then we built roads, schools, and went to the moon. Of course, this country's always been built on the backs of the less fortunate, but with that in mind, I say let's let automation and artificial intelligence become our new whipping post to the future. As for the politicians, left or right, I say we throw them all out and replace them with YouTube stars and Instagram personalities. Then watch what happens next. At the least, it'll make C-SPAN must-see TV. Of course, that's ridiculous. Nobody has cable anymore, and if they do, they're not watching C-SPAN. Which brings us to a new segment akin to English is hard that we're calling democracies hard. Can't we just go back to a monarchy already? Oligarchs manipulating an everlasting election season is exhausting. Isn't it time we chose an American king and just let him pass the throne on to his heirs? After careful consideration, I nominate George Clooney. With that, I kid. Unless King Clooney's cool with it, in that case, let's end this episode so I can apply for Jester. If you're on a career safari, the show could use a good stalker. Go to joshuaround.com for all the points of contact. Sorry to dust off the phone book with an old-timey tale, but all told, that's what this show is all about. Remember to be nice and stay out of trouble so you don't end up behind bars swapping cigs with redneck women and striking up stories with all the president's men until once again you find yourself eager to begin more joshing around.